We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not right now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Got a great mini-sode for you this week. Uh, before we get into that, this show is also brought to you by the Big Screen Sports Patreon group and our producer-level patrons, our big chill patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, and a special shout-out to our newest producer, Andrew Teagle, a big Ted Lasso fan. Big thanks to him for joining up. Uh, and also, big thanks to all our patrons for supporting this show. They are truly the best. They are the straw that that stirs the drink that is this podcast. So, uh, what I have for you on today's episode, I am talking to Lauren Hathaway, the writer and director of the psychological rowing film The Novice. This one is available to stream now. Honestly, like, run, don't walk. This one is awesome go see it i i loved it i the easiest comparison i think is that if you you liked whiplash you'll like this one um i'll let lauren do most of the pitch for this movie she does just much better job of it uh in our you know in our discussion than i ever could but i'm just gonna say i i love this movie um really really enjoyed it both as a sports movie and this gritty in your face look at obsession um, she she tells you herself that it's not a rowing movie, but if if you're a fan of this podcast, you, you obviously like sports movies, you'll like this one for the sports action. It's intense, it's intimate, it's really gripping. And again, this is a sport that I would assume majority of us are not coming in with a lot of prior knowledge about rowing. Um, you know, if you can see it in a theater like atmosphere, uh, whether you you know you're one of those folks who's hashtag blessed with the home theater or Got the big sound bar, big screen, surround sound, whatever. Make sure you do that. It's going to be, you know, you're going to thank yourself. It's going to be really effective for a lot of the scenes in this one. Um, she hits all the hallmarks of a great sports movie. The performance by the lead, Isabel Furman, you might uh, recognize her from Orphan. She was in the the first Hunger Games movie, I think. Um, she's outstanding. 
I, I think she's gotten some accolades for this performance and uh, she's just phenomenal. I mean, really carries this one on her shoulders, but it's, it's an, it's a great supporting cast. Um, you know, outstanding supporting cast. She cast athletes. She made everyone row that comes through is really authentic. Um, this one, you know, sh- she'll say it herself. She didn't, you know, not, not a sports movie per se, but hits all the hallmarks. Like it, a honestly a, an iconic sports movie without really trying to be with kind of being a look at, at something else. Um, it's based on her experiences. She was a collegiate rower at SMU. Um, you know, just, and I, her, you know, it's her, her first project as well, her first feature film. And I just couldn't have been more impressed. Like absolutely, absolutely awesome. Um, I hope everyone has a chance to check this out soon. If you do, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. If you're a, a Patreon member, message me on on the Patreon. Let me know what you thought of this one. I'm going to be revisiting it really soon. I'm I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm hoping to revisit it on at someone's residence who has a a movie theater style setup. If you live in the San Antonio, Texas area, and you have one of those, holler. I would like to watch this movie on it. But um, hope everyone gets to check it out real soon. Let me know what you think. Without further ado, here's a, a quick ad break. And after the ads, my conversation with Lauren Hathaway on her film, The Novice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I am joined by the director and writer of the fantastic rowing film, The Novice, Lauren Hathaway. Lauren, thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports. Thanks for having me. Of course, first off, uh, tell the folks about your movie. Where can they see it, when they can see it? Um, The Novice, it's available for uh, streaming, rental now, anywhere you can rent movies. And um, this is my kind of, you know, I I say this is a film, this is not a rowing film, it's a film with rowing and... uh, you know, I took my four years of collegiate rowing and ten years of coming of age and compressed it into this story. So you you mentioned that you were you were a collegiate rower, and, and this seems like a lot of it would probably be pretty autobiographical. How long had this story been? The, the actually taking this and making it into a project. How long has this been in your mind before actually, you know, getting going? Uh, I thought. I mean, I thought about. I, I didn't see myself being a director or filmmaker for, for variety of reasons, but I had thought about writing a, a novel actually about rowing probably in 2014. Because I remember, it's actually, I remember this recently. But I had redone, um, joined the Los Angeles Rowing Club to just kind of get back into rowing and think about it, and get back into that headspace, um, and then 
kind of let that go and let that fall by the wayside. But uh, a couple of years later, it was November 2016 that I set a five-year goal to transition into writing and directing. At that point, I was really actively looking, you know, what could be my first film. I was researching the scope and scale and the sort of types of stories. And the thing that, you know, I love the obsessed kind of artist trope films, whether it's sports or art or, you know, drumming, ballet, what have you, boxing. I love that kind of stuff. But the thing that I've never related to is uh, I'm completely internally motivated and I, you know, I didn't row to try and get to the Olympics. Uh, my school's team, SMU, apparently now they're pretty good. But uh, at the time, they, uh, we, we weren't the best team. You know, we weren't winning a lot of races. It wasn't about that. And I'm not built to be a rower. Um, I'm, you know, relatively short for one. I'm never naturally athletic. But all the same, I was totally and completely obsessed with rowing for the four years that I did it. It was 20 hours a week, two a days, um, you know, up at 5 a.m., six days a week for four years never once pushed push news and um, was, you know, counting, counting, doing math, trying to figure out, trying to, you know, scratch off a hundredth of a point and this and that, and got totally, totally uh, obsessed with it. And so that kind of became ripe ground for uh, the first story. And um, yeah, I wrote the first draft in 2017. I was going to say that sounds very, very familiar. Uh, if you, if you've seen the movie, that, that whole experience um, movies that, that involve sports, uh, if they don't have an intimate knowledge of that sport, it, it usually falls flat. This this film, you, you can just tell that you have this this background and this experience. It does it, just an incredible job. But also with rowing not being that commonly known by the general public, I admit, like I went in with zero knowledge. You do a great job of educating the viewer without being ham handed and having that one character show up and say, "Well, actually, guys, this is what matters." How, when you're building this script, when you're writing this, you have all this intimate knowledge. Anything about rowing would make sense to you, but you know that you have to kind of guide the viewer along. Was that difficult to incorporate in the process or did that kind of come naturally? You have so many, you know, scenes where it's just, this is, you know, this is, you know, why why form matters. This is the times that matter, stuff like that. Um, Well, I think first and foremost, because this is, you know, the novice, it's a novice rower, you're walking in, you, the audience are walking in with the character, Alex, having never done this before. And as she's learning, uh, you are learning with her. Now, obviously she's going to move faster than the audience is, but um, I think the thing that I think, I mean, I think two things, one, having obviously people read it. I don't know if I ever had any rowers actually read the script. So people could tell me if it was too much jargon, not enough. Uh, but the other thing I think is like, you know, we all watch things like CSI or, or whatever. And I don't know what the, that you know, surgical, we got to get a bloody, bloody blah, blah, and six pints of, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know what any of that means. Like you don't need to know what you need to know is that the character knows and you need to believe that they know. And you just need to be and the, those almost become like window dressing the details of what's a split and what's a stroke rate and what's this and that. I mean, that's just like set dressing, really. Um, if the story is there, if the emotional journey is there, if the psychological component, which I'm really tracking is there, I think that it's easier to let go of not knowing everything else. Yeah, with a psychological component, you get into that very well with the actual the the action of rowing. I'm sure you had to make a decision on how you're actually going to show the sport itself. And again, there hasn't been that much rowing shown on screen. The only you know scene that I can think of off the top of my head involves like classical music and seems very very elegant. A different movie. This one, like the best way I can describe it, it's in the shit, and it, it's really 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 cool. I what was the process of deciding exactly how to you know, display the sport itself and reflect your experience and how it it seems like very much how you felt in that seat for four years. 
Yeah, because you're, you're right. There aren't a lot of rowing movies. The one scene that really did it for me was a social network, but that's like one scene. And then the question yeah, that's, becomes... Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Yeah, okay, that one. <laughs> I was wondering. Um, that that You have one scene, but the, you can't do the same thing for the entire film. So it's like, how do you make every single instance of rowing, whether on the water or on the machine, feel different? Um, it needs to feel like they're... And so what I did, very loosely framed... Uh, this as, you know, there's there's a kind of love B story in the film, but the real love story is between Alex, our main character, and the sport of rowing and framed it as such. So you have the initial kind of attraction and the clunky beginnings and the kind of the, the crush and the first time making love, which is the, you know, 500 frames a second, uh, very kind of eroticized uh, erg piece, which is, you know, the treadmill equivalent of, of rowing um, into being the, in the bliss of love and the beautiful foggy row and the beautiful music and the beautiful sunrise and the, the birds flying across the thing. And then the slow toxic descent as the relationship is crumbling. And so that really dictated kind of how everything we need to feel and also thinking, just simply like, where is the character, you know, wh where is our head at? How are they feeling? And what, what did I feel when I was going through this? Like, what does it feel like to do a 2K? Anyone who's done any kind of sport has probably come into the, the situation of talking about your sport and someone comes up trying to be like, oh yeah, I, I do that. I like doing that at the gym. Like, yeah, it's fun. Like I could, I think that they've really done it because they've done something in that thing. And it's like, no, you haven't fucking done it. Like, if you fucking done it, you wouldn't be saying this right now. And so I wanted to make people feel like what it feels like to be about to black out, to piss yourself. Um, you know, you can't fucking breathe. You're going to throw up all of these things. And that really dictated the kind of visual style of things and how we shot the camera and getting sort of claustrophobic or getting surreal and abstract and using bizarre music choices and all of that. I mean, that's kind of the goal with that to make the audience feel that rowing is not actually this fun, beautiful, serene thing that it looks like from the shore. Like rowing, frankly, is not that interesting to watch. Like it looks so serene um, and it's just not fucking honest to how it feels. It's a, it's a complete nightmare. Yeah, it was one of those movies that, and I, I said this in my, my review earlier on the on the episode, is that if you can see it in a theater, see it in a theater because of the way you, you shot, the, shot the rowing and just put you directly into the action and made it, claustrophobic is just the best word for it because you like you you feel your breath release when she you know falls off the the back of the rowing machine and stuff like that so very physical performance by your lead uh by isabel Furman. was there any moment in her past work and auditioning or this coming together that convinced you yeah that's her she can get everywhere i need you to you know need her to go because the the performance is it's incredible and there are some some big highs and some big lows yeah, I mean, first off, I was clear with my producers early on that there there are there can be no doubles. Whoever our lead is has to learn how to row for this. This is not a sport you can pick up in an afternoon. Um, so I was very kind of conscious of that and then evaluating people. Is this someone who could be, I think, has the physicality for it or whatever? But the thing that I also took, because this is my first film and I don't have a lot of shorts and background in that and, and sort of casting, um, took this advice to heart that I heard from another director at a Q&A, which is like, he, he tries to look at who the actor really is at the core, like as a human being um, beyond just the audition, because at the end of a long day, that's who they're going to sort of resort to um, no matter how brilliant they are. Unless maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure even Meryl Streep. Um, and, uh, and so I took that to heart to kind of evaluate. And Isabel had brilliant auditions, but she also did like a second scene. And in her audition, she had like props and like sweat and done, done like creepy makeup and all these different things. And wrote me this letter about how she had um, run to, done this relay race running to Las Vegas with her friends with this broken wrist. And um, 
And then too, when I met her in real life, just had this binder with all these tabs and had printed everything off and just had this very kind of intense energy about her. Um, she's very, I mean, she's known for playing kind of horror stuff, but she's very bubbly and whatever in person, but she has this neurotic drive that I could sense to her, like this, this type of like something bubbling under her skin that I thought the character needed. Um, and I was not wrong and she totally committed and she was training. She immediately started training. She had six weeks and was doing like six hours a day and up at four in the morning and, um, rowing two days and then going through the whole thing that basically any kind of novice rower has to go to. It'll be very nice to think about her in this and not have nightmares over her and orphan, which has just haunted me for the past 10 plus years or so since that movie came out. So, um, you wrote the script, you developed these characters and then, and then you, you know, you cast, you put faces to the, these written characters. When you, you bring actors into the fold, and you you suddenly have these personalities to play the, these characters that you have developed. Do do things change once you get a face to the to the written word? I, I think you you cast uh, Jonathan Cherry as Coach Pete, who turned in all time funny sports movie performance in Goon. But when you have when you have people when you different strengths, different talents, and stuff like that, and then you're directing, does it change how you think of these characters? Do you try to fit them into into the molds? that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean i could um talk more specifically about uh amy forsyth who plays jamie the the second lead in it um i imagine that character a very kind of different way in my head and again going back to this advice like she was someone who's been on my radar for a couple years because when i first wrote the script i was watching anything with like young teen actors to kind of see who's out there i remember seeing her um and a friend had recommended her and she'd done not audition tape and you know she's a talented actress but everything that she had done she plays these like um, everything I'd seen her in, at least she's like sweet girl, kind of good girl, whatever, which is not this character, Jamie, that she plays. And um, but then I like went and looked at her social media, which I thought was the most weird, bizarre fucking thing ever. Uh, like she just doesn't seem to give a fuck about what people will think. And I love that. And it wasn't what I expected. Um, having seen what kind of parts she had been playing. And then we met in real life and we had this long conversation about basically everything but the film and I, I knew that she could bring some kind of different energy, something interesting and something beyond the typical kind of like tough, like jock kind of character. Um, so casting her certainly changed that role from what it was and she added her own flavor. And then you kind of lean into that and, and you're discovering things with the character in the process. And, um, you know, uh, John, you mentioned Jonathan Cherry and in his role too, like he, the way I imagine it, he's a little bit cooler than um, I wanted Coach Pete to be initially and but he's got this kind of like dopey all over the place but cares but you know and I have to tell him at times like Jonathan you can't be you can't be sexy like coach Pete's not sexy he's not creepy he's just like he's like the matriarch of the film and like writing that line and I've had people tell me you know I was waiting to see if um something was going to go off the the rails with him because I you see these movies and there's a male coach and you think oh no what's going to happen I didn't want that like and he's not that fucking character so Certainly. I mean, whoever you cast, even the location that we found was nothing like I imagined. And But when we walked on and discovered it, uh, I was like, well, this is fucking where we got to shoot. And I actually did a pass in the script, kind of reworking that in and, and, and um, making it a character. Yeah. The the your second lead's performance, Jonathan Cherry's performance, everything it, it a lot of it went against trope in the in the best way. So I, I really commend you for that. Um, you mentioned that this is a love story. Alex's love story with Rowan. I wanted to ask. And I asked myself a couple this a couple times while I was watching. 
in in your opinion, I mean the character a lot based on your experiences. Does Alex Dahl love rowing or does she just love obsession? I think that's a good question. I think it, it could have been anything. This is something Isabel and I talked about. Like it could have been this could have been a movie about ping pong. You know, like honestly, I would love to see a ping pong movie that's like this. That would be fucking incredible. I hope someone makes it. Um, but this is something, and, and like in myself too, as a proxy of myself, it's like you latch onto these things seemingly arbitrarily for whatever reason, and you just like a dog sees a squirrel and they can't let go. Um, I don't think that Alex loves, there's certainly beautiful aspects of rowing that she loves, like, but I think that you're completely right. I think it's more about the obsession and this is the thing that she has chosen. Last thing, the... I was I was on board as soon as the pandemic started saying like, hey, the rowing machine is much better workout than Peloton. Like everyone needs to needs to get on that. It's clearly an incredible workout. These these women in this movie are incredible shape. Uh, the the women's the, the rowing team on campus. How many other teams would you take in a fight before before you got to the rowing team? Because I, I feel like everyone in that team is in incredible shape. Uh, I would be scared. I mean, even the women, they're, they're beasts. They're tall. They're six feet tall. They're the, the rowing is this weird. It's either a sprint or a marathon. So it's like the most torturous, painful thing ever. It's also a mental mind fuck. Cause you're doing the same motion over and over and staring at a spot on the back of someone's head or a screen. So to be a rower, you have to be a beast physically and absolutely insane. Um, so I would not want to fight, you know, probably a rowing team, I would say. Yeah, they would, be, they would be top of my power rankings as well. Uh, Lauren, thanks so much for joining. Tell the folks again where they can catch the movie. Uh, you can rent it anywhere you uh, rent movies. Apple, Amazon, some other random ones. YouTube, probably. Uh, yeah. Everyone go check it out. Lauren, thanks so much. Thank you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.